Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the story behind every book. Joining me today is Ralph Saucier Sr., and he's here to talk about his book, The History of the Progressive Movement in the United States and How Liberalism Has Created a Mediocre Society. Ralph, it's such a pleasure to have you today. Thank you for joining me on Books on Air. Well, thank you. I'm curious. Every book has two stories. There's the story or the information that the reader gets when they read the book. But then there's always a story behind the book that the reader never knows. They never know how the book came to be. So what made you decide to write a book titled The History of the Progressive Movement in the United States and How Liberalism Has Created a Mediocre Society? Where'd that come from? That basically came from my from many years uh, you know, you know, I've been through politics. Uh, I was a campaign manager in Connecticut for Jane Miller in the 6th District, and I was in the Republican Town Committee for 23 years. And I've followed politics, and I've followed different presidents you know, you know, since Eisenhower. And as, I, as the years went by, I've seen the country, or I've seen the citizens of the United States you know, getting more, but 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 not be able to to earn more. And although they may have earned more, it was going back to the government. And I don't think people totally realize that. And the message of the book was basically to bring out all the different programs that have come out in the past 100, 120 years to show where their money is going and do they want to continue doing that. So that is basically what got me to write the book. How'd you do your research? That sounds like a tremendous amount of work and and research and study. It took it took me about about three years, and and in in the bibliography of the book, uh, you you can see I I researched and read a lot of books and studied a lot from it. I did not just go from from myself. That's why the book was written and and emphasized, and it shows my comments and it shows where where the research is that I've done in the book. So the research came actually from the actual books themselves that I'm, I'm sent here with a big library in front of me, <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I'm you know I'm an advocate type of reader. I you know I read a lot, and I just I just finished a couple of books, and I'm ready to start a couple more. And besides writing, I, I like to read. So uh, in in my years, you know, I just seem to feel that. I don't believe the American public is well-educated in what's happened in the past. You've got three presidents that you've chosen to put on the cover. I was curious, why those three presidents? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> Thank you. Well, with Theodore Roosevelt, okay, he's the first president that really came to being where, where – uh, he took advantage of government programs and basically the park department and, you know, and a few other departments or, you know, commissions that he started. And it had to be government funding that that did that. Now, he's not considered a really, you know, real progressive, but he's the first one to have been able to take advantage of, you know, government finances to start programs as the park department. Um, Woodrow Wilson, 
If you read my book and go through it, he is the father of progressiveness. He came out one program after another. And basically in 1916, no, 1913, you know, he started the 16th Amendment. He cut the tariff coming into the country because the tariff was not enough money to support the government as as he wanted to see it grow. So, you know, he started the income tax with the 16th Amendment. And that's where the real progressive movement started. Many, many people, well, I guess conservative people and Republicans, look at him as the father of the progressive movement. And, of course, um, you know, I put... Uh, Donald Trump on there, basically one reason. He created a lot of programs, but but what a lot of people do not you know, realize that are real strong supporters of Donald Trump. All these things that he did, it did cost money, and the and, and the deficit in this country did rise, but it, it was pretty well covered by the way he you know did the income tax uh, you know break for people. And he continued to have a lot of different programs. And they're good programs, some of them. But the fact is, they did cost us money. So he had, you know, Donald Trump's background, although, you know, he you know, he was a Republican. If you check his history, he was a pretty diehard Democrat, <laughs> you know. So that's the reason the three are on there. So give me an overview. Let's give our listeners sort of an overview of what the book covers, because this is a tremendous amount of information, right? Well, yes, it, it, it basically covers 120 years from, from 1900 wow. to the present time, and it covers also the present time. But basically, you know, the over, you know, if you look at the book and go through each one of the presidents I did cover, you'll find out which president carried this country more into the you know, progressive movement, into programs, different programs. And each one of the presidents called their program, you know, something different. You know, they had a name for it. And I emphasize that. And in that, in that area, I also emphasize what those programs were. What are some of the high points that you think are the most important for the reader? The high points for most of the readers, well, number one, again, I kind of reiterate the the programs that each, that each president had and what it costs the American taxpayer. You know, none of these programs are free. A lot of people say, oh, gee, look, you know, I'm getting this from the government. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. Somebody's got to pay for it, you know. You know, you know, many Americans don't totally realize that the progressive have to be paid for, okay? And who's going to pay for it? It's going to be the American people. That's that's the, basically the strong message, that, you know, that I put across. And also, you know, where where do they fit in on this? You know, do they want to keep paying for it? Or do they just feel like, hey, it's got to stop somewhere? When you were writing the book... Did you have a reader in mind? Were you thinking about who the person would be that would read your book? That's a good question, Suzanne. Um, yes, I. my hope of who would be reading the book are people from 18 to 40, 45. Um, most of the people beyond that age are pretty well set in how they think and what they do and you know, how they feel about politics. But I, I don't believe the younger generation is totally aware 
of of what the political atmosphere in this country is. They come out of college or they come out of school, and most of the schools and colleges, they kind of teach one side of the you know, the political uh, atmosphere. So I I was hoping that the you know the younger generation, the younger people. Is there a part of the book, Ralph, that you would like to share with the listeners? Um, you know, as much as I didn't have a lot to say about it at the end, in that last chapter about, about uh, you know, President Biden, the fact of the matter is, is that is that we have to look at what's happening in this country right now, and I sort of emphasize that in the last chapter on President Biden. That the fact, you know, the fact of the matter, I asked the question, what do we have now? Okay, the United States will either survive the last century of progressing this by someone with difficulty, political philosophy, getting elected to office, or continue along a path of becoming social, a socialistic country. The more, the more the government gives, the more they want, and the more that we will take and lean towards socialism. That's really the message on that. You know, that I'd like to leave. I'm sure that we have titillated our our listeners, and they're curious about where they can find the book. So let me give them the title of the book and do a little spelling so that they'll know where they can find it. It is on Amazon, so all you have to do is go to Amazon, and the title of the book is "The History of the Progressive Movement in the United States." and How Liberalism Has Created a Mediocre Society by Ralph, R-A-L-P-H, E, period, Saucier, S-A-U-C-I-E-R. Now, you can buy it. It's Kindle. It's hardback. It's paperback. There are all kinds of options to buy it there on Amazon. But I also know, Ralph, that it's available other places. Tell me where else the listener could go buy the book. Well, at Barnes and Noble, you know, it, it, their store, and also the website, and also um, at you know on my website, it's, uh, which is you know www.sashirhome no sashirbooks dot com s a u c i r b o o k s dot com. So what else? That, is... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I, I was going to say those are the main places. Um, and of course, if you buy them on asashiabooks.com, you know you'll get the honor of, of me signing the book. <laughs> See, I think that's terrific because who doesn't want to have the author's signature in a book that they're reading? I think that's a great thing that you're doing, offering that them that opportunity. So, right. congratulations on doing that. I think it's wonderful. Well, thank you. Um, what else will they find when they go to your website? Now, this is not the only book that you've written. So let's talk about some other things that are there on the website. Well, back back a few years ago, I I, I kind of used my experience in organization, and, and I have a master's in organizational psychology, and I used it uh, to kind of put my past year's experience together, and I wrote a book, Success Through Behavioral Change. It's basically a book. A lot of it's intended for younger people, where where they can be successful. It's it's, it's having faith and a feeling, and a goal, and and to write that goal down, and basically have you know every four or five years change a goal, and you know you know you know as you're moving on. 
I, I've sold quite a few of those books, actually. And uh, it's been a pretty successful book. And, of course, and then the other book is, is sort of, you know, the history of my childhood and myself, if people want to know more about me. Because uh, my family, uh, you know, my father's side of the family uh, were the first ones to settle in northern Maine. And my mother's side of the family, they came down from, from Canada. They were granted some land from King, King Louis at that time, uh, you know, and Marie Antoinette, you know, and... They settled in northern Maine. They had, uh, well, they call it a plantation, you know, because they had five farms. So it kind of goes back to my history and comes up to where I am today. Sounds fascinating. Hmm. Not many people can trace their ancestry back like that and come up with such a, a terrific, interesting background. Good job. Yeah, I, I, I've i always been interested in 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 my family and you know, what is done because I used to hear my my father talk about, about his grandfather and his father before then and all that and and it just sort of it's always piqued my interest. What made you decide to start writing in the first place? Authors start for all kinds of reasons. I mean, sometimes they're in school and a teacher recognizes that there's some sort of talent and encourage them. Sometimes they read another writer's work and they go oh i'd like to write like this let me see if i can do that or sometimes there's a, a an event that happens in their life that either in a positive way or a negative way and they feel like it's important that they share that event what started you writing ralph and how old were you i i've always written um when i was a manufacturing engineer for corporation I used to write manuals for instructions and for for people in the factory and how to perform certain operations. And um, when I kind of moved on in life a bit and got a little bit older, I had a lot of uh, you know writing for manuscripts and uh, I used to uh, you know I used to do a seminar for for people and how to motivate themselves in you know, Connecticut. And uh, every Tuesday night, I did a seminar. I used to get like 25, 30 people. And I used to have a lot of notes, a, a, a tremendous amount of notes from you know, from the semi, you know, seminars. And back, I think about 2005, 2006, I'm looking at all these notes. They're just they're piled in front of me. So I started to ask myself, you know, what am I going to do with this? And my wife looked at me and says, why don't you write a book? I just looked at it because never thought in my life I, you know, I thought myself as a writer or a researcher or anything like that. I mean, I, I got three, you know, three different degrees, but I just it was basically to get ahead in the industry and stuff like that. So I had all these notes and all these background, and I was doing the seminars that I had a lot of notes from, and I just I started to compile them, and that put my first book together. And after I finished my first book, and then I wrote a book of my family, and then I turned around. And I says, I just kind of felt like, you know, I, you know, I was looking at what was happening in the world today, and and everything, and I just felt, you know, I just got to put this on paper. And 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 this book here took me three years actually for the research and the reading I've done. I've done a tremendous amount of research and reading for this book. Have you learned anything about yourself that you didn't expect when you started writing? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. 
Um, it had, I think when you write, and you write a couple books, I I believe that it kind of builds confidence in your ability to translate to people and to communicate with people. I think writing is probably one of the best forms of communications that there is. You know, and that's, that's what I've learned about myself. Although I was a general manager in a corporation and I was an executive in my life, I communicated with people that were kind of my level or people that, that worked for me. But this is a different, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to communicate with the outside world. And I think that's what it teaches you. I agree. I think when someone begins to write, and let's face it, writing anything is not easy. And you do find out things about yourself that you didn't really realize before because it's just a different process. And, you know, so many counselors will talk about keeping journals and that if someone is having difficulty sitting down and writing down what's going on with themselves changes things and changes how they look at whatever it is. I think it's extremely powerful. And I'm always interested in how authors feel about themselves after they've started writing because it changes you, don't you think? It gives you a, a sense of confidence. Um, I like that. That you don't remember because when I was a, a kid, uh, if you read my first book, I kind of talked about it a little bit. I stammered something terrible and had a hard time communicating with people in class and even with my mother. And, and through the years, through, and this was kind of, this also initiated the first book about having faith in yourself and having faith in God and just kind of moving ahead and, and having that kind of faith that you feel you can do anything. And I never thought when I got out of high school that I would ever write books. I'd never be a manager. I just, all of a sudden, I was working at, at a company running machines, and I just said, I can't do this the rest of my life. <laughs> you know. And so I started going to college, and I continued college, and I got I got three you know three degrees with, and I give my wife a lot of credit. My wife has been tremendous, tremendous inspiration for me, absolutely phenomenal inspiration. You know that's a great answer. I'm so glad you said those things because I, I'm sure that there are people who are listening to us who might think, well, wait a minute, he didn't believe he could do it, and he did, so maybe I can too. So I think thank you for sharing that. That's very personal, and I really appreciate that. I want to get back to the history of the Progressive Movement book for a moment. You know, our listeners will become readers, and they'll purchase a copy of the book. This is not the kind of book that you just sit down and read cover to cover. This is the kind of book that you sit down and you read part of it, and then you think about what you read. And then you go back and you may reread some passages. But this is a kind of book that you will keep for years and that you'll read back through the information and you'll refer back to it. But you will read the whole book. When the person, the reader, finishes that very last page, Ralph, and they close that back cover, what's the real bottom line message that you want them to leave with? Well, I think the important thing, after reading this book, you have to ask a major question. Where are we going in this country, and how will I fit in? And how will I vote in the future? You know, and exactly, you know, what is it that I want for myself, my family, and my country? 
you know, am I the type of patriotic person that that will only do what's best for myself or the country or exactly what? So I, I think it's important for people to, when they get done reading this, understand where their philosophy fits into the rest of the countries. That's basically what I'd like to say. I think that that's exactly what people will think when they finish the book. Ralph, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you, and thank you for sharing your personal ideas and for sharing your book with us. It's been a pleasure to talk to you today. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you, Suzanne. I, I really appreciate this. Now remember, you can find the history of the progressive movement in the United States and how liberalism has created a mediocre society by Ralph E. Saucier, S-A-U-C-I-E-R, on Amazon or on Ralph's website. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope you'll join me for our next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.